Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. Help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. So how many of you have kids? How many of you like to embarrass your kids? I, I, I love to embarrass my kids. I, I've always loved it. I mean, it's just so much fun. I remember from a very young age embarrassing them and going to specifically one time we, we took them to Knott's Berry Farm in California and uh, we were riding roller coasters and, and uh, just hanging out. And, and uh, every time we'd you know, get them on a roller coaster, we'd tell them, you know, you know get, raise your hands, you know, and scream over the, over the big bumps and over the big drops. And so I'd get them to, to raise their hands. But, but I wouldn't stop on the roller coaster. I would, I would, as we would get off of the roller coaster and get, go through the turnstiles and stuff, I would just keep going, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ha, and my kids were just grabbing me like, oh, just burying their head in my shoulder, in my arms, just like, oh, dad, please stop. Like, it was more like, oh, oh, come on. I mean, that's a, so embarrassing. <laughs> and my daughter actually doesn't talk like that. I just love doing that voice. Um, but then I, I carried that at ho- to home. Like, when we go to Regal, and you know how they, on the coming attractions, they always show the roller coaster, and, and they're going on the roller coaster, you know, and showing you the popcorn and all that kind of stuff. I always put my arms up, and I'm like, yeah, ah, and they're just like, dad, shut up, please. You're killing me. And, I, and they hate it when I watch coming attractions with them, because I always kind of take that as my opportunity to, make jokes and, you know, be stupid. And uh, one time we were in there and they were showing the previews of, of Planet of the Apes. You remember that movie, Planet of the Apes, and it was the new Planet of the Apes. And so they're showing all this video of, of these apes and they're, they're grabbing machine guns and they're shooting people. And it's just like all of this carnage and just, it's just crazy. It's just disturbing. And it gets to the end and this is coming like summer of 2000, whatever it was. And then it's just, it's just black and silence in this in this big auditorium, which is, I take it as my cue, right? <laughs> and with it packed and silent, I just said out loud, I, I like monkeys. <laughs> just random. <laughs> They're like, Dad, please. They're just glowing, you know, in the dark. They're so embarrassed. Recently, we were able to go on a, uh, on a cruise we had saved up for for my daughter's uh, graduation present. So we got to go on this cruise. It was really, really cool. And I don't know. I love cruise ships. I think they're, they're modern marvels. And, and I don't know if you've, if you've been on one before, but they take the opportunity to make their elevators just uh, uh, these beautiful atriums outside the elevators that are filled with glass. So, so when you're going up and down, you can see all of this artwork. But like, you know, more normal people when it comes to elevators, you walk into the elevator, you don't look out the window, you turn around and you look at the numbers go up and down, right? That's what most of us do. <clears throat> and so one evening we were getting ready we were going back to our room to get uh, ready for dinner, and the elevators were just packed because everybody else was kind of doing the same thing too. And so I waited for everybody to load in that elevator, and they, it was absolutely full to the point where like, I could just barely step in and the doors closed behind me, except I didn't turn around. They just were all facing me. <laughs> and my wife knew, and I heard her say, oh my gosh. 
And I said, well, I was, you're probably wondering why I called you all here today. <laughs> I was like, I have this incredible money-making opportunity for all of you. I'd like to tell you about. And of course, then, you know, I kind of knew I was joking and I laughed and stuff. But it's just, it's fun. It's fun embarrassing them. Now, I've always thought that that would be a great way to witness, you know, come on the elevator, let the door shut, and then just start telling them about Jesus, hit the stop button, you know, they can't escape, <laughs> undivided attention. And when it, when it really, when it comes to telling people about Jesus, we can get nervous. It can, it can cause us to sometimes get embarrassed, right? We just, we, we struggle with it a little bit. And we realize that we, you know, we might need to do it, but we're not very successful at it. I remember, uh, you know, being in Bible college, and one of the things that we would have to do is go and witness at the mall on Friday nights. That was a, it was the thing we would get ministry credit for. But we were never very successful. I mean, we would have like 20 students go, very few conversions, mostly stories of people telling us to get lost. And I always thought, well, why are we not very successful with that kind of witnessing? And what I realized when I started looking into uh, leadership and, and, and being able to influence people is that you don't or won't have any influence with a person unless you invest in them first. So, I, you know, I'm not, you, can't, you don't invest in people at the mall before you go and talk to them, so they don't know you, so you don't have much influence with them. Now, of course, that sometimes that works, and if you are into that, please keep going. Just know that, I, that I'm not good at it. But when it comes to telling others about Jesus, it's really important that we have some type of investment with them. Then we will have a higher success rate when it comes to inviting them to church or telling them about the Lord. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, we got to experience a great revival here at the church. First revival was awesome. Uh, but it's funny because when we first started discussing that, Pastor Dan had this vision for what first revival should be. And he sat down with uh, some of the staff and, and we were talking about it. And, you know, I, me and a couple of uh, other staff were just like, oh, you know, Pastor Dan, you know, it, could, do we have to do it on the first, second, and third? Because it's probably not the best time in the world to do it. I mean, the people are still on vacation. They're, you know, New Year's Eve is the night before. So who knows what everybody's going to be doing. So could we just push it a week? And, and he says, look, he says, I, I don't know why God is saying that we're supposed to do it on the first, second, third, but we're supposed to keep him first, so we're going to do it on the first, second, and the third. And as soon as he said that, you know, our attitudes changed to, okay, if God said it, then we're, then man, we're, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it with our, all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and then he said this. He says, you know, I specifically feel that God gave me a word of knowledge, and he just told me, fire spreads. Fire spreads. And when we look at the life of the new church, and we've heard that, uh, we've heard that saying before, that man, it's just spreading like wildfire. That's what happened in the book of Acts. We see this story told, and it's right after Jesus has ascended into heaven, and uh, uh, where this, the church is, is, uh, is, is just born, and there's so much excitement about it. And it's just like this fire that's burning. And we pick this up in the first chapter, verse 9. The Bible says, It was not long after he had said this, that he was taken up into the sky while they were watching, and he disappeared into the clouds. So Jesus has come back. He's, he's, he's died. He's risen from the dead. He's come back to the disciples to assure them that everything's okay and also encourage them that he really has risen from the dead. And then he is taken into heaven, disappears right in front of their, before their eyes. As they were straining their eyes to see him, two white-robed men suddenly stood there among them. They said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring at the sky? 
Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, and someday, just as you saw him go, he will return. So they have this incredible experience. They see Jesus. He goes up in the air. You probably would have been the same way. Like, you know, can you still see him? Like, where did you go? And then they're visited by these two people. Now, shortly after this, uh, we see in Scripture that the disciples replace Judas with Matthias. You'll remember Judas betrayed Jesus, uh, died, and and, and, um, ended up having to be replaced. And then in chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. Holy Spirit comes about seven weeks after Jesus goes back into heaven. And he shows up at the day of Pentecost. Peter speaks, he preaches, and 3,000 people are saved. This is the same Peter that denied Christ. This is the same Peter that had failed so miserably, but he gets up, he gives it another shot, he preaches, all these people get saved, and the fire begins to spread. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the Bible says, they joined with the other believers. So this is the people that have just been saved. It says, they joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. It was like fire. It was spreading. There was a sense of awe that came over all of them. It's interesting since the first year, and you know, God has done amazing things at Fellowship Church. So, so many miracles have happened through the years. I mean, we have 26 years of, of miracles to talk about and what he's done for us. But there was a special anointing on this place and has been during the month of January to the point where th- those first three days, our staff didn't want to leave this auditorium. Because their spirit was here in such a thick way. I mean, we were, we were moving our com- laptops and computers down to the information counter just to, where we could, just to be close, just to feel that awe that this, this new church was feeling. I wish that you guys could sit in on our praise meetings. You know, we, we, we've, been, we've always said we don't want to ask God for a bunch of stuff, have him come through for it, and then we don't say thank you. And because the church has so many different ministries going in so many different areas, we have a praise meeting once a week where we sit down with the staff and everybody tells each other what miracles, what cool things have happened in our church over the last seven days. And it is remarkable. I mean, people are being healed. People are receiving spiritual gifts like never before. People are having dreams and visions. The things that are happening in our church are the miracles that we read about in the New Testament. And and it is incredible. So much like the early church. In chapter 3, we see... Peter heals a crippled man. So he goes and he heals this crippled man who had been lame for 40 years. And then after that, him and John go in and they start preaching in the temple. Now, this upsets the Sanhedrin. This is the religious group of people, the Jewish high council. They get mad at them and they end up imprisoning Peter and John. Isn't it interesting 
how sometimes somebody will, will get up and they have a great message and the things that they're saying are so true and it is so awesome to hear them speak and to see the miracles that are happening from them. But it doesn't matter how great what is happening through that person, there will always be somebody or some group of people that will come against it. Always. In this situation, these religious leaders did not like that they were not the center of attention. They weren't performing miracles. They weren't seeing this fire spread about Jesus, and it made them mad, so they throw him in jail. And as a result of this preaching and this man being healed, 5,000 more people come to the Lord. It's spreading, spreading like fire. Then they are miraculously released from prison, which, by the way, just doesn't happen in the day. And as a result, the people, all the Christians, all the new believers celebrate for what God is doing. And then in Acts chapter 4, verse 29, it says, And now, Lord, hear their threats. They're talking about the people that are threatening them. And give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Understand, we struggle sometimes with telling people about Jesus. But you know what? If you tell somebody about Jesus, you're not going to be thrown in jail. Not in, this, not in, to, in today's age. You're not going to be killed in America for telling people about Jesus. So these people are like, God, we need boldness. We need your help. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached God's message with boldness. All the believers were of one heart and mind. They felt what they owned was not their own. They shared everything they had. I want us to focus on a few things in this scripture this morning. The first of which is that these people that were doing all this stuff were brand new Christians. Brand new Christians. Many of them had just received Christ at Pentecost, in fact. And yet the Bible says in verse 31, after this prayer, the, buildings, uh, the building where they were meeting shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached, all of them, preached God's message with boldness. Brand new Christians. I've heard people before say, you know, I just, I can't tell people about Jesus. I can't invite them to church, you know, because I just got saved or I just, I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable yet. I just don't feel like I know enough yet. These people were brand new Christians, but they understood it wasn't about what they knew. It was about what God was doing through them. It's not about how much anyone knows. It's about how much we rely on God. The Holy Spirit gave the boldness. He will give, and he'll give you the words to say and the guts to say it when you have the opportunity. If you will just look for that opportunity, if you will just pray for that opportunity. I love the fact that the next point here in Scripture says then that all the believers were of one heart and mind. One heart and one mind. Why were they of one heart and one mind? I think it's because they were all of this on the same team. They understood that there were going to be forces that were going to come against them. So they had to be together. They had to be one unit. They had to have the same goal. They didn't care about anything else but seeing others meet the same Jesus that they had met. They were sold out, literally. In fact, we just read how they sold everything they owned for the cause. They were one heart. And one mind. And then in verse 33, we get to see as a result of that what God gave them. And the apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord, and God 
great favor, his great favor was upon them all. Some versions say great grace. Now, I don't know about you, but man, I, I want his favor in my life. I want his grace in my life. Because if you have God's favor, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. You are going to come through it smelling like roses. That's the way the Lord is. But as we look at this scripture, I, I want to tell you the same thing that the two robed men told the disciples at the beginning of this book. What are you standing here for? What are we standing here for? One of the things, things, great things I get to be a part of here at Fellowship is our guest services ministry. Our guest services ministry does guest receptions in between services for new people, the new people that are coming in, into the church. And we get to talk to them. We get to uh, give them a tour of the building. They get to meet some of us. But one of the things they do is they sit down with a guest services rep. And this guest services rep has this sheet of, of just questions that they'll end up asking them throughout the time that they're together. And one of the questions is, how did you hear about Fellowship Church? Well, there's always a great variety of answers, but the biggest, the biggest uh, response we get from that is that they were invited. They were invited by somebody. The other remarkable thing about this is that the invitations that we see from people are always from new people or new Christians. We usually don't see that those of us that have been here a while are inviting anymore. Now, there's some reasons for that. Number one, uh, a lot of times, you know, as, as, as uh, the longer you've been in church, the more Christians you get to know, the, the less non-Christians you know. So there's maybe not a lot of people in your life that you could invite because you probably invited them all already. But something happens in a new convert's life. A fire hits them, and they want to tell everybody what they've experienced. When new people come to our church, it is different. It is awesome. Do we not have a really awesome thing here at Fellowship Church? We have an awesome thing. And I can tell you that we have people that move all the time and they call us and they email us and they're like, we're moving to this town. We're moving to this town. What church is like Fellowship Church? And I don't know any, any church, and there's great churches out there, but I don't, know, I don't know any that have what we have. We are so blessed. And so you get new people in and they're excited. They're excited about the music. They're excited about the messages. They're excited about the children's ministry, about the youth ministry. Maybe we bring them into 4640 and they go, oh, I wish I, wish I was a kid again. God, I want to get on that jumpy thing, you know? They're excited. But something happens to us that have been here for a while. And it, and it happens to me. We get in our Christian bubble and we, start, we stop looking for people to invite we stop people, we stop from, from going out and trying to, to, to reach non-Christians. We, we, we just stop doing it because we get out of the habit. What we are reading about in this scripture is the birth and the first revival of the New Testament church. And it's incredible, right? I mean, spreading like wildfire. But you see, I believe that we are experiencing now the beginning of the last revival of the church here on earth. Just the beginning. We are, and it, most of you have, have studied this and agree, we are living in the last days. 
living in the last days. If, if you've done any study, if you've looked at prophecy at all, if you took the signs uh, midweek services that we did uh, uh, last a couple of semesters ago, if you've gone through any of that, you realize and you've trusted, wow, Lord, we really are in the last days. Which means Jesus is coming. And the disciples and Acts got to see him go up and ascend into heaven. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that we are going to get to see him come back. That's huge. This generation, us, why are we so privileged? Why are we so blessed? I don't know. But we get to see Jesus come back. That also means that we've got to get serious about seeing people come to the Lord. Because everyone is going to spend eternity somewhere. Heaven or hell. And hell is a real place. And we need to make sure that as few of people possible go there. I meet people, and I'll, they, I meet people that are Christians, and they just go, you know, I just don't believe in hell. I just don't believe that that's a real thing. Do you realize that, that Jesus talks about hell way more than he talks about heaven? Because he wants to keep people from going there. Jesus is coming, and we know a lot of people that don't know him. And we cannot wait until somebody is on their deathbed and then decide to call some pastor that has no influence in their life to come and try to save them. Most people don't get a deathbed where they know they're going to die. Death can come quickly. Death, death can come within a, like a twinkling of an eye. It's, it's gone. And so we've got to do our due diligence to make sure that we're telling everybody that we can about Jesus. We are inviting everybody we can to church. Because understand this, church, what we do on a weekly basis, this is a tool to get people saved and get them in a relationship with Christ. That's what this is. It is the best tool you can have in your arsenal to get people saved. If, if you're just scared to death to tell people about Jesus and that's just not you, invite them to church. Use the church to get people saved. Use the church to grow in your walk with the Lord. That's why, it, why it's here. If, if, if it was up solely up to the 12 disciples to, for, the, for the early church to grow, the church would have never grown. Those people that were getting saved, those people that were seeing the birth of the, new, of the early church, that were seeing that fire spread, understood that Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They, underst they understood that, that they might be fearful, but if, if I follow Jesus, then he's gonna make me a fisherman. He will make me a fisherman. It doesn't matter if I have those gifts. It doesn't matter if I'm a social butterfly. It doesn't matter if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. He says he'll make us fishers of men. In Matthew 28, the Bible talks about the fact that, that we should fulfill the Great Commission. Now, we've heard that, that word probably in church for years, but that means that we all go out and tell people about Jesus. We all go out and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's all of our responsibility. Now, I want you to think about it for a second. In your life, who invited you to church? Who led you to the Lord? All of us have an invitation story. And this is one we're going to focus on this morning. 
My name is Kayla Utu, and this is my invitation story. I have a friend that I've known for about five years now. I asked her to come to church multiple times, and she was reluctant at first because she had some bad experiences with previous churches that she got invited to. I prayed about it. I prayed to God that it would be easy for me to invite her because I had invited people in the past and they weren't really interested in coming. So I, I prayed that he would give me the right words to say to her. Um, he definitely put her on my heart to invite. But then she finally came <laughs> one Sunday when I asked her to. And since then she has loved it. It's different than anything that she's ever experienced. And soon after she got saved at this church she has been baptized at this church and she has been called to um, work in the kids ministry and she just she loves the kids actually it's really strange because <laughs> she didn't like kids at first and now she loves them probably because she serves in the ministry um, and just recently she got called into mission work she felt like god was leading her down that path and she started looking into programs She's with Youth with a Mission right now, where she did some schooling, and now she's in the Solomon Islands doing her outreach phase for her mission. I think God has really used her experience at the church um, and really built her relationship to serve Him and serve His kingdom. So the power of the invitation is so incredible because now Allie's life has been changed. She has been invited, she's been saved, she's been baptized, she serves in the kids ministry and the youth ministry. She's been called to ministry herself. And on top of all of it, I know that I get to spend eternity with my best friend. It all started with an invitation, and we all have that story, right? Think about that person that invited you, that led you to the Lord, and as a result of that, how it's changed your life and how you've been able to change other people's lives. For her, five years ago, she didn't even know Jesus. Today, she's in the Pacific doing a mission trip from an invitation. I believe that the church is the hope of this world. We're it. We're the only thing that's standing in the stream resisting what is happening in culture, resisting what's happened ethically, resisting what's happening with, with the devil trying to take this world and turn it into hell. We're it. And if it's not us, then who's it going to be? So what I want us to do is I want us as a church to be one team with one mind. And I want us to go out and I want us to make disciples and I want us to, to start inviting people. And I want us to make sure that it's gonna be really hard for anybody in our life to go to hell. I want us to make that, I want, to make, I want us to make that covenant together. That fellowship church, it's gonna be a light to this community. And because of what God is doing in us, he's going to change the spiritual atmosphere of this valley. But we need some help, right? We need, we need some, I know I do. I, I need help to remember that I even need to invite people. I'm not very good at that. So what we have here is, is, is the ushers are coming. Everybody, everybody needs to get one of these cards. 
throughout this year, we're going to be um, talking about this Invite and Ignite campaign. We're going to be talking and, and reminding each and every one of us that we need to take this seriously. And on the front, on the back of this card is five lines. And on those five lines, what we want you to do is we want you to write down five people that you know you need to invite to church. Now, they may be Christians uh, that, that just have fallen out of church. I don't want you to steal people from other churches. That's not what this is about. But if they're not going to a church, you can put them on here because they, they need to grow in the Lord. They need to be a part of the body of Christ. If they don't know the Lord, they need to go on this card. And... and Start off with five. You can put more on there if you want. But these, these are going to be our five. These are going to be the people that we start to focus on. We start to pray for. We start to uh, ask God that, that, that he would help us have an opportunity to talk to them about Christ. So as you get those, what I want you to do is I want you to start thinking about who your five are going to be. Who, who you want your five to be. Now, now uh, Ryan, who actually works in our tech department, he put his five up. He was going after some guys with some potential tithing uh, power, so. <laughs> of course, we want to make sure that the five that you put down, hopefully you have some, you have some influence with them, right? You've made some investment in them. But maybe you haven't, and maybe you need to look to where a way you can start investing in them. And when you write down those five names, what I want you to do is I want you to put this card in a place that you're gonna see it every day as a reminder that I need to pray for these people. And this is what I want you to pray. First of all, and you can write this on that card, I want you to pray that God will give you influence with them. I want you to pray that God would soften their hearts to what you're going to say. I want you to pray that God would give you the opportunity to say it. And then I want you to pray that God would give you the wisdom of what you need to say. Now, it's interesting because I said all that last service and, and uh, had a lady come up afterwards and said, do you realize that the first four letters of those spell out I so? I'm like, no, I didn't even think about that. So if that's how you want to remember it, then you can remember it from that. The I stands for influence. The S stands for a softened heart. The O stands for an opportunity. And the W stands for wisdom. And let's start lifting these people up in prayer. Let's do it every day. So I want to give you a second. I want you to write them down right now. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would help us know who we need to invite. Help us know who we need to start praying for. Help us to know who our five are. Some of you, it was easy. It was quick. For some of you, you might only have a couple right now. You need to add to your list later. You may not even know the name of the person. It may be somebody that you just, you know what they look like, but you haven't, you know they need God, but you don't even know their name yet. Maybe there's somebody you see it at work or whatever. Just write down something on that card that will make you know who you're talking about when you pray for them. And then let's commit to start praying for them. Will you commit with me, church, to start praying for these five? Yes. One team, one goal, one mission. 
Now, here's the thing. For me, this isn't enough because what I will usually do with cards like this is like, oh, that's awesome and I need to do that. And then I'll stick it in a book or I'll stick it somewhere in, my, in, a, in a drawer and I'll forget about it and I won't see it. So the other thing that we're gonna do is you guys are gonna get these as you leave. They are window cleans. And the window clean, you can take as many as you need and you can put them up. The cool thing about these are not stickers. So they're not gonna mess up whatever you stick them on. But we designed them specifically to where you can put them on a rear view mirror of a car. So, man, every time you look in your rearview mirror, you're going to see that. You can put them on your bathroom mirror. Some of you spend way too much time looking in the bathroom mirror. Some of you don't spend near enough time looking in the bathroom mirror. You can put them on your computer. The great thing about these, you can go right in your computer screen. They won't mess anything up. You can re-clean them up to five times. But take a few of these. I've got one on my computer. I got one in my rearview mirror. I got one on my uh, mirror at home. Just places that I know I'm going to look daily to remind me I need to pray. I sow over my five. I'm going to pray. I sow over my five. As we go on through the weeks here, we're going to give you some some techniques to help you be able to invite and just give you some more training on that. But we want to start with prayer. We want to start with prayer. So let's let's pray over our five right now. God, we love you. And you know these people on this card better than we because they're your kids. And we know that you want to see them saved. We know that you want to see them growing in you. Lord, and I pray that you would help us to have the influence with them. Help just begin right now, God, supernaturally softening their heart to your message. Give us an opportunity to be able to speak to them and give us wisdom, Lord God, of what to say when you give us the opportunity. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the empty seats in this auditorium would begin to fill with the five people that we have listed all of these cards. There shouldn't be an empty seat in our church whenever the door is open because God, you are doing great things here and people need to experience what you're doing. So Lord, I pray supernaturally that you would begin to just touch the people's lives to the point where they would want to respond to you Lord, help us to change the spiritual atmosphere in this valley. If it's not us, who's it going to be? And Lord, if you had a couple of angels to send to us, there's probably times in our life where they would have said, what are you standing here for? In Jesus' name, we're not going to stand anymore. We're going to get strategic. We're going to get specific we're going to do our due diligence Lord God to fulfill your great commission I love you God thank you for our church thank you for how blessed we are to be a part of it help us Lord God to thank those that were crucial in our invitation story and Lord remind us that there's going to come a day when we're in heaven we're going to have a line of people in front of us thanking us that they're there with us and not somewhere else. And steal that legacy in 
our lives, that we would leave that legacy in our life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a praise offering. He's worth it. So before you leave, ushers are all the uh, stations at all the, uh, at all the doors with those window clings. If you don't get enough, we have a special booth set up over in the lobby. You can grab more cards if you need them and more window clings as well. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and confess that you are my Savior, that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven with you. And God, I ask you this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need additional prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.